The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 3. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God opens the heavens. God comes to meet us where we are and as we are, so that we might know that we are the beloved children of God and that God is well pleased with us. That, my friends, is baptism. God coming to us, blessing us so that we can be a blessing to others. Baptism seems like a, like a one-day event. For example, when I meet with a family to talk about an upcoming baptism, I explain what baptism is and how the church supports the individual who is going to be baptized. And I tell them that we have a worship experience each and every week so that all can get together to experience God's love, to support one another. We are trying to fulfill the promises made in baptism. We have Sunday school and Bible study so that there are opportunities to learn about God's Word, to learn about the Creed, the, the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, so that we all can grow deeper in our faith. Baptism is not something that happens inside a worship service, and as that worship ends, so ends the importance of baptism in our lives. Instead, it is the beginning. You see, our lives in Christ begin after we come through the waters of baptism. It is then that the commitment is made to build a relationship with God. It is a commitment that we don't completely do on our own, because if it was up to us, we would fail each and every time. Instead, we come to a community of faith where we love one another, where we support one another in our baptismal journey. And if we take that seriously, a few couple of things happen. First, we don't have to look for the next latest and greatest thing in our world to fulfill some kind of unmet need. Or to think that these worldly possessions that we are so desperately seeking will save us. Sure, it's nice to see the latest movie, to get the latest gadget, to read the latest book, but these things don't save us. They don't bring us happiness. They do not solve our problems. If you were to go out and purchase a Powerball ticket and you were to win the $800 million, would that really make you happy? You know, when we need someone or something to help us, to help us feel loved or, or valued, 
We can turn to Jesus because Jesus loves us more than anything else in this world. We can turn to our community of faith who promises to support and encourage us along life's journey. The second thing is, when we realize that we don't need the latest and greatest, when we turn to God through reading Scripture, attending worship, saying a prayer, See, our lives are going to be freed. We are going to be free. And this is going to make all the difference in the world. Instead of worrying about what we want, about what we may think we need, instead of looking at what we don't have, instead we can ask, what can I do for my neighbor? How can I let the world know the wonderful thing that God has done and is doing in my life? We can work on our call to make a difference in the world by caring for one another and the world that God has given to us. And this, my friends, starts in baptism. In baptism, God comes to us and God continues to come to us until we see God truly present in our lives, either here in worship or in other areas of our life. Quite often, I call those moments God moments, those times in our lives when we truly know that God is present and among us. I learned in Sunday school that God is always with us, that God loves me. You know, I learned that from singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I learned in confirmation that grace is the power of God's love, that grace comes into our lives, and this is one of the most amazing things that we could ever experience. I learned in seminary about the Word of God, that the Bible is a wonderful book written with the heroes of our faith inside of it. And this is a treasure that I could always go to, to turn to when I need encouragement, when I need support or care or love, because the Bible is a love letter to us from God. What I never really learned over the years is how to look for God moments in the world. Instead, I had to experience that. Now, we can look for God in all kinds of people and places, but sometimes we cannot fully see or realize that God is there with us until God comes crashing through the clouds and into our lives. A recent God moment for me was actually on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is a special worship service because there are so many people who come to church who I don't see on a regular basis. There are extra music rehearsals. And in the midst of all the craziness, I know that God is active. And for many, including me, God is truly felt in the worship service. At one of our worship services that evening, we ended the service by singing Silent Night. And as we sang Silent Night, candles were lit through the entire congregation. The room went dark. And I am standing in front of the church, facing everyone, soaking in the harmonies that were being sung, listening to the music that just captures my heart every time I sing it. And right in front of me is Helvi Palajarvi. 
a longtime member of our church. Helvi is a dedicated church person who has been very active in the church over the years. She has been very generous to the church and is a wonderful person. I enjoy my visits with Helvi. At the end of singing Silent Night, Helvi looks up and says, Thank you. What I heard her saying that night in those two simple words, thank you for the song. Thank you for the experience of being here tonight. Thank you because I have experienced God's love. There are so many things that we can be thankful for and healthy summed it all up in two very simple words. Thank you. Now, these God moments happen all the time. And it is through our baptism that we can fully experience God come crashing down through the clouds into our lives. Because you see, baptism is a promise. It's a promise of God's love and God's grace coming to each and every one of us. God opens the heavens and says, yes, yes, you are my beloved. You are the one who I love more than anything else in this world. And this is not just another statement for us to say, yes, okay, God, I hear you, whatever. I'm going to go back to doing what I've been doing. Instead, it's an opportunity for us to experience gratitude, for us to experience this moment of awe of God coming into our lives. It's experience like when we are done singing Silent Night on Christmas Eve. It is then that we can look up into heaven and say, thank you. You know, I, I realize this is not necessarily an easy thing to do all the time. We have many moments in our lives when we just can't get into the place where we fully realize and experience these God moments. But it is then when God comes to us and God says to us, like we read in the book of Isaiah today, do not be afraid. I have created you. I have formed you. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. The God of Israel, the God whose story is told in scripture calls us by name. Adam, Eve, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Samuel, Mary. This is the God that we see in the face of Jesus Christ. The God who walks along the shore and calls his disciples by name. Peter, Andrew, James, John, follow me. This is the God who calls your name, who calls my name. This is the God who knows the number of hairs on our head. This is the God who remembers and does not forget. The God who even when the winds howl and the seas roar, listens for your voice. This God knows your cry and says to each of us, do not be afraid. I know you. I have called you by name. I am coming to be with you, to help you because you are mine. My friends, God knows our name. The same God who created us, who redeemed us, who loves us. The same God who will never forget us, who will never leave us alone. 
And we first realize this and experience this in our baptism. Because in our baptism, it is when God says to us, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, the flame shall not consume you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. This is an amazing thing. It comforts my heart to know that God loves me this much, and that no matter what happens in any of our lives, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, God is going to be with us. God is going to love us. And this love is fully experienced at first in our baptism. Amen.